Hello everybody, I'm Ian Abernethy and welcome to the podcast. Regular listeners will know I have something of a trilogy coming your way and this isn't one of them. So this is not the scheduled podcast. So coming soon, I have uh, interviews with friends of mine who I regard as being uh, experts in their respective fields. So we'll be looking at teaching children, uh, keeping the body fit and healthy and uh, women's self-defense. So I've got that trilogy that's still been worked upon. Um, getting there with them again, just never enough hours in the day. So I'm, I'm catching the odd minute to do little bits of editing but I'll get them to you soon uh, what this one is this is a conversation I had with uh, Daniel Marino on one of the recent residentials uh, so Daniel's a, a Tang Sador practitioner uh, he's been over at the UK to train with me a number of times uh, he's helped me as, as an Uki when we've been overseas uh, good guy Daniel he's done his instructorship under me so you know uh, Daniel really gets you know how I approach things and what I do uh, Daniel also has his own podcast which is a superb podcast it's one you want to be listening to uh, called the Motion Martial Arts Podcast. So Daniel does that with a friend of his called uh, David Grossman, who's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. Uh, and what I love about that podcast, you've got you know two guys who are friends who uh, you know coming at it from uh, uh, different angles in terms of you know their, their favoured martial arts, but you know coming at it with an open mind, being prepared to learn and being critical thinkers. And it's, it's just great to hear them talk and to see how much you know as martial artists we can, we can learn from one another. And it's a great reminder that you know we're all martial artists first and foremost. There's far too much tribalism in martial arts I think where people you know divide themselves off you know I'm a traditionalist a modernist sporting non-sporting whatever it happens to be but, but the fact is first and foremost we're all martial artists and there's a lot we can learn from uh, from one another and, and their podcast is a great illustration of that so if you haven't listened to that yet you know you, and you should have check that out so it's a motion martial arts podcast uh, Daniel Marino and, and, and David Grossman excellent podcast you'll love it so uh, while Daniel was in the UK uh, he took the opportunity to to, to have a chat with me, uh, which we recorded about kata and, it, and its purpose, and, and and what it's designed to address some of the uh, the pitfalls that we see uh, in the way that people approach kata. Some of my favourite uh, quotations, at least the ones I use a lot. <laughs> so Daniel had picked up on them and, and, and asked me to uh, to talk on them and expand on them. So it, it, it was a fun conversation. So it's already been out as, as in the motion martial arts feed, but I, I, I really liked the conversation and, and thought it captured uh, some really nice uh, element so I asked Daniel if he would allow me to put it out on this feed and uh, he kindly said that that would be okay so this is myself and Daniel Marino of the Motion Martial Arts podcast uh, discussing uh, kata okay so I hope you enjoy it sitting down with me and, and today to do it. Yep. Mm. so today we're going to talk about kata specifically you know i would say why why kata is a good training method something that can bring a lot of value to your training so i thought a good way to start is i just pulled up a couple of quotes that i found actually from a post on your forum online and the first one is from Gichin Funakoshi, and it's knowledge of just the sequence of a kata and karate is useless. Yeah, yeah, that's, I would agree. And he goes on to say, you know, it must be able to be applied in an emergency, you see. Sure. So I, I think that that's probably one of the best quotes for indicating how the role of kata within karate has changed. 
So there you've got the guy who's regarded as being the father of modern karate, definitely a key player, saying just knowing the form and the solo form is useless. Yeah. It has to have a, a, a practical combative function. And although a lot of people will agree with that on face value, they don't have a process yeah, by yeah. which that would take place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I found that's the most common, you know, criticism that I find of kata out there from non-karate people and also like most a really common misconception they also find with it too is this idea that you know the way I guess the one that I, I hear more than anything else is that like why why do we do kata yeah and it's like oh it's just to teach you to move teach you movement yeah and it's like but this move the way that we're moving here is completely different than anything else we do it's mm. not like it's not like the way we spar it's not like community yeah. it's not like what 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 are we what are we learning to move for with it? So there's just no there's no real meaning behind it. No no no, and that's right. They, they, they do it as a, a solo form, and then they 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 they're not um, understanding that that its purpose. And I think that's one thing is when when Katna's criticised as someone who's a great believer in Katna, I, I, I can um, often. Uh, agree with those criticisms of, of it because it all depends what you mean by kata. Yeah. So I don't know which other quote you picked, so I might maybe not jump into um, too much sure. depth at this this point. But no. what I will say is that you know kata without combative function. I'll, I'll just finish on this analogy, right? So it's like if you had a, um, a beautiful looking car, you know, you walk out and that car is immaculate and it's polished and it's bright and shiny and it looks fantastic, and people go, no, look at that car and go, yeah, it's beautiful. They go, yeah, it's no engine in it and it's never moved. Yeah. You know, so yeah. then you can say, well, 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 is that car a good car because it's, it's unable to fulfill the purpose that the car is supposed to be able to fulfill? Sure. So, so kata that is not contributing towards combative ability is useless. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with what the customer says. Is supposedly contributing in some vague, in, in vague undefined way. Yeah. way yeah. Yeah, there has to yeah. be a clearly identified process. So we can maybe talk about some of the other quotes and sure. I can maybe expand on what that process would be based okay. on. Okay, yeah, this is one of the longer quotes and it's one that also has a little bit of an historical element mm. to it too. It says, it's from Ken Wamabuni and you know, I'm actually not sure exactly when this quote would be from. You might be able mm. to, you know, tell us that but the karate that has been introduced to Tokyo is actually just a part of the whole. The fact that those who have learnt karate there feel it only consists of kicks and punches and that throws and locks are only to be found in judo or jujitsu can only be put down to a lack of understanding. Those who are thinking of the future of karate should have an open mind and strive to study the complete art. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's, that, 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 I mean, it's, a, it's a really good quote. He's, he's talking about... Uh, the value of studying a wide range of kata within that. that that's a context it's to come from, particularly like uh, the value of um, studying both the shurite and, and, and the nate. But there we, and he's not alone in doing this either. So there we have him saying that the karate of um, his time, he's starting to observe that locking and throwing is starting to disappear, the grappling side of it. Uh, uh, if you look at um, someone like Furukoshi talks about, you know, he, he says that you know karate is both the hard and the soft. He says it gives the art like a beautiful texture. The fact it's got softer methods, locking and throwing, and harder methods, uh, uh, the impacting. Uh, a look at the older text, you see throwing and locking as being a, a wide part of it. Uh, lots and lots of, uh, of quotes and references to this side. Now, so karate is definitely a percussive system. It's it is a striking system, but um, that's the method that it favors. But you can't impose what your preference is on reality. So if someone grabs you, 
you need grabbing skills and they, they knew that so okay. uh, when we're looking at the katana they're definitely there they're definitely there in the old text so my view if you're studying traditional karate you do need to keep that on my mind you do need to study the complete martial art and it, it's grappling in a self-defense context as well when you so when you say the word grappling some people think of uh high level mma bjj style yep. grappling but that's yeah. not in the our next the next couple of quotes will address that yeah directly. yeah, that, yeah that, that, that's it yeah it's, it's not there what we're talking about is uh, a friend of mine calls it primal grappling. Sure. So it's dealing with you know the kind of things that are likely to occur yeah. in a self-defense scenario, not the kind of things when two skilled grapplers are trying to outgrapple yep. one another. Yeah. The kind of things you did in wrestling with your brothers growing up. Yeah, that's that, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, 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 that's the way it. I think of it. I do seminars and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, 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 what comes natural to human beings? You know, yeah. gripping of clothing, head locking, strangles. You know, simple yeah, yeah. pressure on the throat. That kind of stuff. Um, that the cutter is designed to address. So having said that, I have an idea which quotes are coming next. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the, the old school karate should be an open art. And you can't understand your cutter unless you understand that too. Yeah. Because the, 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 for example, we talked about this over this weekend, right? There's throwing things in there that are clearly throws yeah. within the old school karate and the old school cutters. But because modern karate haven't got the eyes for that, they reinterpret it into bizarre, this is two double blocks and all yeah, this yeah. kind of bizarre stuff. Where you show the same movement to a grappler, they'll go, it looks like a shoulder throw to me. You know, so. Yeah, no, it's definitely related to that first quote and that, you know, just knowledge of just the sequence coming from this from this understanding of karate that everything is a kick, a punch, or a block. Yeah. And then suddenly it's like the kata is just, there's no, there's no explanation that really can be given for what you're doing there. No, no, convincing explanation yeah. that can be given for what the meaning of the movements are well they're, 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 yeah that's it you, 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 two guys happen to punch you at the same time and yeah, it's hard enough to block a single thing never mind two things at once yeah you know a, 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 a per, you know, perfect angles to one another and, and, and things it, it, it just it, it's not it, that's, that's not going to happen so yeah. I, I, I think that the, the kind of gets reinterpreted in a way because people don't understand what it's trying to represent that it is this holistic civilian self-protection system the physical side of it's there recording the katanas and, and if you can see that then you're free to explore that side of the karate if you don't get that you're practicing you know as like a shell of the art really yep yeah. okay so the next one is the techniques of kata have their limits and were never intended to be used against an opponent in an arena or on a battlefield by choki motobu yeah yeah so that that, that's, uh, that one i believe it's uh, uh, nagamimi reporting what Motobu said to him. Yeah. And if I remember that, and this is from memory, so I could be wrong, but if I remember, I think that was done in response to Motobu had been training with a wrestler. And obviously the wrestler wrestled him, you see. So when they were yeah. talking about it, yeah, Tix Nix, the cat around designed for dealing with a, with, yeah. a thing, uh, with a trained grappler. One of the issues with that quote is, um, to, to me, that makes perfect sense. Some karateka, when they hear that, think that we're saying, oh yeah, karate will work against these know nothing criminals but it won't work against these high level martial artists you see and there's a huge arrogance in that where it's like martial artists assuming themselves to be the ultimate apex predators in all environments right now i know people that i'd be happy i'd happily face them on a mat all day long i wouldn't want to face them down a back alley i wouldn't want to face them in a pub car park there's some scary scary people and so the analogy i use with that one it's like um, sharks or lions right you know, uh, uh, both, both are apex predators, but if you put the shark in, in the middle of the ocean, it's no great threat. Yeah. If you put the shark in the middle of the plains, again, it's no great threat. Yeah. So it's, it's un- that, that quote to me is not saying, oh, yeah, karate is good for defeating untrained people. 
um, it, you know, people with no skill. It, it's saying this is the kind of people it's set to address. And sure. the most skilled criminals can be incredibly skilled at what they do. They can be incredibly skilled at overwhelming people with violence in order to achieve their, their ends. Well, I remember a previous seminar I've been to of yours, you brought a really good point with that, that you know, kind of the arrogance of martial arts. When we say untrained, we tend to think not dangerous. Yeah, unskilled. They, yeah. yeah, because yeah. they aren't trained. Just like that, that's, not, that's not a very no, good that's way good. going about it. No, yeah. that's it, because they, they may not be trained, but that doesn't mean they're unskilled. They can be highly skilled criminals. If a, if a guy has been using violence to achieve criminal aims day in, yeah. day out, for a long period of time, he is the apex predator in that in that, that, sure. that environment. So he, he, again, I, I'll give it like a, a, a friend of mine who was in, a lovely guy now, but in his youth he was a wild man, right? Hundreds and hundreds of fights. You would not want to get on the wrong side of him. And, and we were talking about um, how he would approach these, you know, these violent situations. And he said, he goes, I would hit them with my right hand. He says, if they were still standing, I would headbutt them. If they were still standing, I would run away. Right, and this is a guy who knocked out hundreds of people. Now, now you put him in a ring or in a mat, he's going to lose and lose very, very quickly. But you stick him, you know, in that criminal context and that environment, he's a very, very scary man because he'll hit you before you realise he's even there. Sure. You know, that, 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 that's what we're, we're, we're talking about. You know, it's a preemption, that's deception, that's strong forward press, and, and it's that that the cat has designed to dress. So it does have its limits. So for me, I mean, I, I never want to be a one-dimensional martial artist. So our guys will play it out fighting each other, which I call consensual violence. So we'll learn how to out-punch one another, out-throw one another. That, that's part of what we do for fun and enjoyment and learning a skill. And then we have what we call non-consensual violence, which is the violence of criminals. And, and the physical skills within Qatar, that's what they're there to, to address. So it's not better or worse, it's just using the right tool for the right job. That's the yeah. key thing. I, it's definitely something worth taking into account. I mean, karate has developed and changed as an art, you know, in more recent decades, the same way things like point fighting and kickboxing yeah, yeah, yeah. that have their basis in karate, you know, that's a part of the art now too. So and that's all consensual. So this quote from Motobu, you know, yeah. from a long time ago, you know, yeah, talking yeah. about karate as original karate from the time that the katas were created. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you got the Itosu quote in there as well? Rats coming yeah, up. Yeah, next. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll drop into that one because that's yeah. another one that supports that as yeah. well, I think. Yeah. So the next one from Itosu's, and I abridged it a little bit, but it says karate is a method of using the hands and feet to avoid injury should one by chance be confronted by a villain or ruffian. Yeah, that, that's it. So, so yeah. that, that's one of the oldest. Um, full bits of text we've got, you know, it's it, it written in 1908, and it's a, it's a letter where he's outlining what karate is and what the benefits of practicing it can be, and that's the second line of the first precept. So the first line is he's saying that it's not just about protecting you, it's about protecting others, and the second line of the first precept is, is that, you know, karate is not intended to be used against a single adversary, so a consensual mm -hmm. fight. It's a method of avoiding injury by using the hands and feet, should one by chance be confronted by a villain or ruffian. So he's saying that the, the, the method of the karate of his time, and you're right, it's evolved a lot, but the karate of the kata, traditional yeah. kata, is not for a consensual duel. Mm -hmm. It's for non-consensual violence against, against criminals. And, and, and again, you know, I always worry when you say this because people use... So you get people go, that wouldn't work against a trained fighter because they believe a trained fighter is to be superior. Sure. And on the other side, you'll get, that wouldn't work in self-defense because self-defense is superior. And, yeah. and I don't... I, 
don't believe that to be true. I, I, I believe it, it's simply a matter of using the right tool for the, for, for, for the job. Yeah. So if I'm facing um, criminal violence, I need to use the right tools to enable the right result. If I'm involved in a consensual duel with a fellow martial artist, my self-defense tools will get me nowhere. But if I use my consensual violence tools in self-defense, I'm likely to get into trouble. So the, the, the analogy one of my instructors uses, he goes, when martial artists fight, they sit down to play chess. This is an yeah. advanced, highly skilled game. Sure. And, he says, and, and in self-defense, he says, they sit down expecting a game of chess, and the criminal throws the pieces at the face and then smashes the head in with a board. Yeah. Now, there's no doubt who's the best chess player. Yeah. So you, know, the, you can be a better fighter than that criminal, but the criminal is still being a better criminal sure. unless we understand uh, the differences. And there's a, you know, there's a, there's a lot to that. But, yeah. but once you understand that um, it's, it's that uh, non-consensual violence, when you look at the methods, positions, the movements of the category, okay, that makes sense. I, I get what that's about now. Yeah. If you try and take that and apply it against another martial artist, you then go, well, why haven't they got guards? Where's the back and forth footwork? Where's the fainting? But if you understand it's for close range, non-consensual violence, to my eyes, yeah. it all makes sense. You know? Sure. Yeah, it's just completely different things, you know, for that. And there's, of course, some overlap, you know, mm. a punch is kind of a punch. And there's certainly things with, between self-defense and fighting that you can find skills to transfer but it's just the, the situations could not be more different no no than you and another guy or another martial artist squaring up and trying to see who's better at a specific skill set versus being attacked yeah you know, by well i think the, 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 yeah that's it the big difference is um is is so for example if, if uh for non-consensual violence you have asymmetrical goals yeah. so the criminal is going i want to harm you i want to take what it is from you and you're going i don't want to get harmed yeah. For consensual violence, you have symmetrical goals. You go, right, we, we both agree what a win is. We both agree what methods we're going to use. You know, and we, we yeah. both agree what's allowed and what's not allowed. Now let's go. Whether that's two guys stepping outside for, in air quote, street fight, because I hate yeah, that yeah, quote, but, yeah. or, or two guys sitting onto a mat or into a ring or into a cage that they've agreed to be there. Yeah. And the very fact that they agree and have a common goal makes it very different from when people don't agree and have asymmetrical goals. Yeah. It, it is quite, quite different. Again, not better or worse. You know, and, and, and I, I get a little bit annoyed by the people that try and play one off against the other. Yeah. It, it's, again, it's just a, a matter of using the right tool for the right job. And as you say, I mean, you get a guy who's a, um, a highly skilled kickboxer, right? Yeah. Or a, a highly skilled MMA guy, highly skilled BJJ guy. You know, um, they will have the, in abundance the physical skills that they'll need for self-defense, but you need to contextualize it so they're using it properly. Sure. You know what I mean? So, you know, you add some, you know, some simple striking skills. Your objective is to escape, not to win. You need to take into account legal considerations. You need to take into account um, the criminal behavior and what their objective is. So, again, it's not better or worse. Again, it's just using the right tool for the right job. You know, okay. you enter a judo match and try and box, you're going to lose. But sure. that doesn't mean a boxer can't fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. So that was the last of the quotes. You know, I also just want to talk a little bit about where I've gone with Kata in my training. Mm. And maybe you can talk about you know, the way that you specifically use it, the stuff that you do. But, you know, you know, for the last year about I've um, almost exclusively only practiced one. Yeah. In Nahachi. I use it kind of as a warm up when I start training. Mm. And, you know, I'll practice hitting pads with the strikes or found Nahachi. I'll practice, you know, with a partner. Applying, you know, some of the joint locks, 
takedowns, stuff like that, and also sparring with them from a clinch in that way. And, you know, it's just such a radically different approach from the way that I've spent, you know, the vast majority of of the time that I've been training Mm -hmm. doing kata, where it was just something that you did that just stood entirely on its own, that, you know, kind of given vague explanations for why you were doing it, like it strengthens your body and it it gives you, and it, and it, it teaches you to move and stuff like that. And it's really just been a game changer for me and one that, um, has made it, it, it's, it's, it's turned it into something that seems so much more alive. Yeah. Like, yeah it's exciting yeah. for me too. It's something that I'm delving into it and it's like learning. It's, it's about seeing something that has been so familiar to me for a long time and seeing it in a completely, like I was looking at, it's like the iceberg type theory that like, I understood Nahachi from the idea of just a very small yeah. piece of it. And that's all that I knew of it. And then as you delve into it, you see how big and vast of a thing yeah. it really can be. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I yeah, and that, that's that, I mean, front of Koshi has another, there's another quote of his. He said here, he says, in the past they studied narrow and deep. Today they study broad and shallow. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so now you know it's not unusual for your average downgrade. You know how many cutters? You know, fifteen, sixteen, up to twenties. Yeah. You know, as front of Koshi said back in his days, he says the most skilled martial artist would know one, yeah. they have one or two. You know what I mean? He says, you know, the most extremely knowledgeable would know three, wow. um, um, because. It, uh, if you're just learning the surface uh, form of it, you can learn a lot. You know, you can yeah. learn, learn a lot of them. But it, I, I liken that to count, uh, collecting seeds. It's like, I, you know, I, I've got hundreds of acorns, but I've got no oak tree. You know, they're, they're not planting the seed and letting it, it, it grow. So that would probably be a good chance to talk about the process of it, you know. So sure. you've got, you've got the, the, the way I acknowledge it. The, the, this, so if people go, kata won't help you in a real fight, they are completely correct. If they are looking at cutter in an isolation, it's like saying an acorn isn't a tree. That's yeah. that's a, an obvious statement of fact, but the, the misunderstanding that the role of the cutter. So, in summary, the, the, the four stage model I use is there's the solo form, which is you know the, the 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 repository of knowledge, and it's a way of supplementary, not primary. It's a way of supplementary solo training. So you've got that. Then what you've got is you've got drilling the applications to those forms uh, with a partner. So in, in, the, in the first instance, that will be done in a compliant way and in drills so students get an idea of what the cutter is trying to teach and show. They get a feel of doing it against an actual body. Uh, the third stage is that you realise that these, these drills that you've done from the cutter are not the totality of it. They are illustrations of concepts and principles. So you then go, right, if the cutter shows me this, how else can I enact this? How do I vary this? How does this work if the guy's bigger than me, uh, smaller than me, pushing left, pushing right? You do all those variations. And a key one is you gain live experience of doing it. So I think for some people, they view Katra as being an alternative to life practice rather than being something that informs that life practice. And when you're doing that, when you're doing the solo form on the days where you haven't got a training partner, and that changes too because you've got all these other, other ways of training. Your solo Katra changes because it's constantly reinforcing those experiences. If you haven't got those experiences to be reinforced, it's empty. But you do the solo form, you do the applications with a partner, realistic applications, not some guy throwing lunge and punches 10 feet away. You, you sure. interpret the way the cutter that Motobuni told us to. 
you get used to adapting it and varying it and, 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 and understanding that the cat is an illustration of concept and principle. And then you gain live experience of doing it through what we call cat-based sparring. You have live drills which enable you to enact those, those cat methods against a resisting opponent. And I know for a lot of people, they go, how does that possibly work? Because they often have very fixed ideas of what cat is and sparring is. Sure. But, but, but you and I both know those two can link together perfectly. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, it, it's just it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. And, that's, yeah. and then the wonderful thing about it is everyone can do it too. Yeah. So you, you, um, you may not be able to step onto a mat and win medals anymore, throw those head out round those kicks. Your body might not be able to stand those heavy takedowns and submissions. But the, but the cannabis stuff, because it's not just one kind of sparring, there are lots of it. Yeah. I have ones that I'll get the kids to do. I've got ones that I'll get seventy-year-old guys to do, and everything in between. You know, it, it's it, it definitely, and I know what you mean. It, it's then that when you, when you look at the cutter, it's, it's it, you're seeing the it, it's it's dead. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's not totally dead. You know, it's it's like like a dormant seed, but when you start to imply the process and it lives and breathes, it's then that you start sure. to say, "Man, these things are genius. Yeah. They're a work of genius." Well, yeah, you see it also that you know it's kind of. The, the solo performance of a kata is just one expression of the underlying yeah. principles behind it. So that's why it becomes this vast thing because mm. you can take that information, you can vary it, you can, yeah, that's how you're able to spar with it because sparring is chaotic yeah, and because, you know, there's so many different things that can happen mm. within there, but it's able to address it in that way. So it, um, and that's one of the reasons why and the quote used from Funakoshi is a really good one that's like, I, I'm a teacher, so, you know, I work with a large number of, of the kata but in my own training i really have only been using the hachi because it's the only one i feel that i have any sort of like really solid you know grasp of yeah in a way that i can apply it well the rest of them i've been to enough of your events that you know, i've worked with them a lot and you know they're on the horizon for me i would like to branch into other ones but it's it's enough <laughs> it's, yeah. i guess all i really need yeah you, you only need yeah one good understanding of one yeah. and, and you've got an illustration of those concepts and you for me it's the, it is Nahanshi too the Nahanshi and the Pinan series are my core yeah. and the other ones I explore to inform that core yeah. you know but so, so um, you know and, and that's what they're, those so you've got those five pretty short cutters at the Pinans You've got Nahanshi or Nahanshi showdown, as people call it. You've got one short one there. That keeps my goals, guys going up to their first down, which typically in my school takes about eight years. Yeah. So, you know, okay. th th you know, so, cool. you know, if you want to learn the solo form of them, I could probably teach you most of them in a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? We could get that done in a week. But, but to learn them properly, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I still feel I'm learning for them. But to learn them to a point where you can apply them, there's, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of sure. information in those. Yeah. And you know, another small point I feel like it's worth bringing up too is just, I know we mentioned it earlier on, is that, you know, having um, a piece of your practice, that's all that the solo kata is, just a small piece yeah, of the yeah. whole with it, which is, you know, the main misconception I'd say there is about kata, that all that it is, it's just that solo yeah, yeah, practice, yeah. that's all there is. But having that too has a lot of value because it's something that when I have nothing else, if it's me, you know, in a couple of days, I'm going to go and see Stonehenge after the, after the seminar is finished here this weekend. Um, they can be staying in a hotel room and I'd say, what kind of training can I do in the hotel room there? Well, I could go through Nahachi a few times. Yeah. You know, very confined space. I could do some push-ups. You know, it's kind yeah. of thing. It's like, it's, it's useful. It's a good tool to have that you have this little solo routine that is 
part of your training that you can bring with you anywhere. You can do anywhere. You know, you don't need anything for it. No, that's it. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the arts that don't have catheter don't need it. Yeah. But the arts that have, they are absolutely central. See, I'm someone who travels a lot. And I always say in the hands sure. my travel yeah. catheter because I can yeah. do it anywhere. I put a video on my app this week of me doing a hotel workout and that's what it was. Yeah. I didn't have hands. Oh, cool. Check that yeah, out. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I did some, uh, 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 did that one. But but that's, you know, they're always told, like, you know, you, you, you must do the catheter with deadly seriousness. You must visualize the enemy and all that kind of stuff. And visualization is, that's scientifically proven yeah. to have a solid effect yeah. if you're doing that visualization in uh whether you're not just sitting there thinking about it you're moving in that way while you're doing that visualization that is a powerful process because it's cementing the habits that you've got from your partner training so if you're only doing that one element no matter how pretty your cat looks it hasn't you haven't got the experiences for that cutter to to reinforce yeah but if you've sparred with the cutter you've done bunkai with the cutter you've adapted and varied every time you do that cutter with that visualization it's just cementing yeah. those habits and i mean you'll have heard me say this you don't fight with kata, you don't fight with bunkai, you don't fight with drills, you fight with the habits that the kata, the bunkai, and the drills have, have, have given you. So, and any habit is, is, is uh, based on things you do a lot. So, so um, if you haven't got a training partner, then visualization is, is, is proven, scientifically proven to be really valid. And you do that along with that accompanying motion. You're cementing those habits. So it's another chance to, to, to train when there's no one there. Sure. But you're right, people do overemphasize it. You do solo cutter on your own forever, it will do zero to make you a better fighter. But if you have it yeah. as part of the process, that's when it really starts yeah. to do thing. Yeah. Funakoshi explicitly stated. Yeah. Know? And, you know, it's funny too with a guy like Funakoshi because often called the father of modern karate mm -hmm. and you read a statement like that and it's just... Well, it, yeah, <laughs> he's he's interesting because like um, so so, so um, I mean, keeping it really short, the, the karate guys realized what was popular. Judo was popular, so they copy judo. They rip it off effectively. You know, it becomes karate do, not karate anymore. They adopt belts. They adopt white suits. They adopt the ethos. It's about keeping bodies and fit and strong and, and Funakoshi was a genius that did that because if he hadn't done that it would never have spread and you or I would never have heard of karate it was a, yeah, it yeah. Been a thing done by a couple of hundred people in Okinawa a few hundred years ago and it'll have died out sure. so, so, so the, the, although we may get criticised for decloying a little bit that decloying exercise um, enabled it to spread however having started that off I, I, I lead his later writings and I can't help feel there's a tinge of regret yeah, you know yeah. what I mean so he's obviously very proud of what he's doing but if you read his introduction to the final edition of Karate Do Kyohan so yeah. he's now an old guy the younger guys are kind of running with karate and he writes it and there's a lot of I'm not 100% happy about the direction it's taken here and sure. I think technically it's not quite yeah. what it was and so so, um, so it'd be interesting I'd always love to be able to talk to him saying okay you kick this off yeah. How do you feel about the way that it turned out? You know, yeah. and I think there'd be some strong reservations there. You know, now that you mention it, because he wrote his autobiography, Karate Do My Way of Life, yeah. pretty close to the end of his life, yeah, if I remember yeah. correctly. And you know, he, I mean, it was an autobiography, but he reminisced a lot about um, his youth and the way, and talked a lot about how karate was back then. Yeah. And, you, and I could tell, even I read that at a young age, my, my teacher had me read it before I tested for my, my first don, but um, I, I remember 
I remember even then reading it and the and I could tell from the description that sounded very very different than what I thought of yeah. as karate the but, things he was describing. But, but the, the, the famous quote from there is the one where he says um, uh, that the karate that is practiced by high school students today is yeah. not the same karate that was practiced ten years ago. Yeah, and is a long way indeed sure. from the karate that I practiced in Okinawa as a child. So he acknowledges it's been a yeah. uh, an evolve a part of that that evolution yeah. was you know. You, Karate has primarily been spread through the universities. University degree lasts five, six years. Sure. We've got five, six years to teach you as many cutters as possible that we want you on a plane spreading this art. So most yeah. of the guys that ended up spreading it had a fairly superficial understanding of it. Well, I'm glad they did it because sure. that yeah. made sure the karate spread. Absolutely. But now I think people are wanting to yeah. go back a little bit as, yeah. and, and see what it was originally all about. Yep. You know? As we're talking about, I'm actually remembering it now that he talked about doing only Nahachi for three years. Yeah, I, remember, yeah. I remember thinking about that like he was doing just the solo kata yeah. over and over and over as someone who I've spent <laughs> the last year practicing Nahachi almost exclusively combined with long range striking and yeah. kickboxing, more, what people think was more typical karate type yeah. stuff. But yeah, I, I feel like I could go on for quite a bit longer yeah. than that. So three years no longer that doesn't seem surprising at all. No, that he would no. Spend three years was, yeah, and then so with the, obviously um, he's, he's one of his teachers. Um, uh, Itosu created two supplementary versions as well. So, yeah. so it was nine years he spent on in total. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so we assume three on each. So you've got the original Nihanshi, which now is is called Nihanshi Shodan. Then you've got the Nidan and Sandan versions. So that's almost a decade. Yeah. The, 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 and he tells this story about how he said, I would never dare ask to move on the next move. Yeah. Uh, he said, the training was often a painful and humiliating experience. <laughs> and he uses this thing, he said that, uh, um, he said, you know, uh, what, you know I thought, I, I was, you know, if I thought I'd master movement and I asked, he says, there was, and found out I hadn't mastered it. He goes, many a time was I made to eat the dirt on the dojo floor. And I knew when I first read that, I thought, that's really cruel. I thought, you know, he's done a move yeah. and they've gone, the movie's wrong, eat some dirt. <laughs> And I'm reading it again. I think I think he means eat dirt in the way a skateboarder says, "I ate dirt." Yeah. You know, I, he asked the teacher, "I think I've got this move." And then the teacher goes, like, "Bang!" Hits the ground. <laughs> yeah. Have you got it for the koshi? No, I need to work it some more. Okay, cool. you know, get back up and go again. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, thanks for sitting down and talking to me about this. I think it's a really, really interesting subject and one that you know I'd love for the karate and the martial arts community in general to have more exposure to you know kata in the broader sense the way that you and other people you know do it in the, in the practical karate community mm-hmm. the way that you guys do it and um, yeah and thanks for having me here this weekend another great seminar here your residential course yeah in the UK yeah, yeah. I will look forward to coming back again yeah it's a good see so this is so we, we, the first one of these we did in Canada yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. We've yeah, yeah. been in the US a few times, sure. uh, and yeah. now we're here in the UK. So yeah, yeah. So. yeah that's a fun trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's been fun. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. As mentioned in the introduction, I'll be back with uh, more podcasts soon. Uh, Also be sure to check out the Motion Martial Arts podcast with Daniel Marino and David uh, Grossman. It's an excellent podcast. And if you're not already a listener, uh, you've got quite a few episodes to catch up on there. I'm sure you'll enjoy those. Uh, Daniel wasn't the only person I talked to on the residential as well. I actually got to talk to to Master Ken, uh, the Master Ken. Uh, Tiffany, who was on the the, the residential, uh, she works with Master 
Pastor Ken, and she was kind enough to get him to uh, to call us. So we huddled round the, the table in the kitchen and, and listened to his words of wisdom. Uh, he put me right, you know. I made sure that I was aware that everything I teach is bullshit and and that my accent is unintelligible. Uh, it was really funny, as you'd expect. But me being the idiot I am, I only thought to repress a record on my phone when there, were, there was about the last thirty seconds left. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, so I thought I'd drop that into the podcast too. He's a brief uh, sign-off from uh, from Master Ken. I can't think of a better way to uh, end the podcast. Okay, so thank you very much for listening in, and I'll speak to you soon. Well, I hope you guys are having fun. I just thought I'd check in and just make sure that you all know you're still wasting your time with it. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just try, to, just try to watch some of my videos to, to at least correct for the street. You know, I mean, I'm sure all that stuff works great in the dojo. Just don't, don't use it in a real fight. <laughs> we'll take your advice. It's very kind of you to call, too. Thanks, Master Ken. All right. Yeah, good to check in with you. Y'all just remember, son of a is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs>